What's up, everybody? It's Aaron and Nicole. This is Dude That's Fucked Up, a podcast. A a a podcast. A podcast. Welcome. <laughs> I don't own a pod, let alone a cast, to necessitate a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so dumb. Oh man. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope you're all well. Hope mm-hmm. you're doing good. Ramping um, up to the end of the year, or maybe mm-hmm. slowing down to the end of the year. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. You do you. Yeah. It's your your life. Yeah, it's your life. It's now or never. <laughs> you know? Bon I'm not going to live forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't yeah. going to live forever. Excuse me. Pardon me. Oh, man. Well, uh, what do we got going on today? We got a good show, I we got think. got a good show. Oh, my God. So many notes. We have, we really, <laughs> what we were just saying right before we started recording, like, these notes, we got very verbose because we had very strong opinions about some stuff. So then it's mm. like whole paragraphs of just like <laughs> we've just already going off. Yeah, just going off. So we'll um, don't worry. We're going to capture all of that in today's it's gonna be episode. Great. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, biz wise, I would just say, can um, would anyone like to leave us a review on your platform of choice, whether that's iTunes? I don't know if you could review stuff on Spotify, but any podcatcher you're on. Yeah, share it with a friend. Yeah, and share it with a friend. Ooh, that's yeah. a, oh no, I have something in my eye. Oh, it's gone. Are you okay? Oh, okay, I think so. <laughs> it was very stabby, very quickly, and then it ooh, it went away. <laughs> oh God, hate that. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Um, I hope it wasn't like a rogue, uh like hair or something. Rogue uh, yeah. pube. I don't know. Oh my God, if it was. Can a pube. you imagine? Oh. I hope it's mine, at least. Yeah, at least. Or oh Pete's. Anyone else's. I'm upset. Don't want that. Would not like that. Um, no. <laughs> uh, Would you rather yeah. have a pube in your eye or in your food? Oof. Like, where you eat it. Like, you're ingesting someone's pube. Or it's at least touching your mouth. Mm, I'm going to go with uh, mouth. <gasps> I'm going to... You always yeah. surprise me after all these years. <laughs> well, think Still about all the weird. Me. Think about all the like weird things you've done with. Well, I don't know. Like maybe, <laughs> you know, like dicks in your face. Like you don't know. What I mean. Like, but like okay, but it's like someone's that's dick consensual. I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like chances are, yeah. I don't know. Oh well, I guess <laughs> if it's at a random restaurant. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It, this is what I'm saying. It's like someone's like what? Like you might not even ever know whose pube it was. Yeah, and it's like, why is there a pube? You know? Why? Why? But also like, why is there a pube that close to my eye? So the air, if it's the Santa Ana's <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> you've seen the movie The Holiday. Somebody's just airing their 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 cooter or their junk out on their <laughs> lanai. <laughs> They've hand washed all their underwear, but like there's a pube that got stuck in the fabric. You know, sometimes that happens. Like, and it, it, be, it turns into the feather from Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, I think my answer's the eye. Okay. All right. Are you yeah. sticking with mouth? Yeah, well, I think I might go with eye okay. now because, like, if a pube, if there's like a genitals open air at a restaurant, 
who knows what the fuck is happening? Are they coming into the the Alfredo sauce? Like, what's happening? Yeah, don't order the rice pudding. Yeah. Oh. Jesus. Oh, my God. I wouldn't eat that anyway. All um, right. Well, okay, so I leave us a review. <laughs> We're off to a great start if this is your first time listening. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. It only gets worse from here. Don't worry. Or better, yeah. depending on... You know, if you're a half full kind of person. I mean. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. keep going. Okay, um, okay. Um, do you have a fucked up of the week? Um, no. Okay. I, I don't think so. I, I, I'm just, I'm in a perpetual state of rage throughout the holidays, so... <laughs> You know, rage, uh, joy. It's like quickly joy, oscillating. Depression and yeah. um, anxiety all all the time. That um, sounds right. Fluctuating uh, from minute to minute, hour to hour. Um, <laughs> Same. So <laughs> it's gonna be really fun. <laughs> what a fun time for everyone. Yeah, for everybody that is close to me, they're gonna really oh my enjoy God. my presence. Woo. I love it. <laughs> Could be time for me to go back on Zoloft. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Hey, it's probably a good time. Oh, and if not now, maybe when January hits and like everybody gets the sads, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just thanking God that I don't live on the East Coast, you know? Oh, yeah. Where it's actually cold. And you can have sun and yeah, some vitamin D, natural vitamin D. Mm Mm-hmm. What um, about you? Anything fucked up for you this week? Oh, my God. Yeah. Just a real quick one. On Sunday... Pete got these tickets to go see this guy, um, ooh, Tommy Stinson. Okay, is it he's a comedian? A, no, he's a guitar player. He is one of the one of the guitar players for the band The Replacements. Which, oh yeah, yeah. And then he was in uh, Guns and Roses for a while. Uh-huh. So okay. he played Alex's Bar, which is like a bar real Love. close to here. Love yeah. it. It was so cool. It was an outdoor show. Like everything was outside. Um the he, Oh yeah, because they like, have that big parking lot. That's cool. Yeah. Or like that yeah. area outside. Yeah. 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 So they made that like when COVID hit into like their, you know, the outdoor area or whatever. And so mm-hmm. there was a show and it was really cool. Like his amp wasn't working. And so he like made it it felt like a house party. Like he just like came into the middle of the audience and like we all wow. gathered around and it was really cool. It was Pete was like Pete. He's one of Pete's favorite musicians, and so Pete was just like in this like dream, you Aww. know. And it was so sweet, and it was really cool. But Pete was like, "Okay, doors open at two. and I was like, "Oh, cool!" So we get there like two ten. We're like, "Oh, no one's here, bitch." This concert didn't start until eight p.m. Where did he see two? Doors open at two. Just in general. In general, and and I don't think <laughs> maybe it started at six actually, but anyway, uh, we were there and we're like, no one's here, and I was like, this is so embarrassing. Like, this guy is he like not cool? I don't know what's going on. And, and then oh my god, I'm like, look at the tickets, and Pete goes, oh, it starts. At, <laughs> it says doors open at two. It starts at six or whatever. And I was like, oh no. Why would and, they put that on the? I. 
Doesn't make I don't any know. sense. Well, yeah, why are we here at two? But there was like a food truck set up, which was like the best tacos I've had in my life. We'll sidebar on that after. Oh, shit. Like, okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you, it was insane. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, these Tinga tacos. They truly, like, Ooh. we ordered them twice. It was incredible. Blew our minds. Anyway. Oh, my God. We had driven there because I'm like, I won't drink. You know, I might have a beer, but like Pete can drink and have fun. But I'm like, oh, we're here at fucking two. No, take the car back home and Uber back because we're. I'm not leaving. No, yeah, we're getting, I'm settling in. We're getting toasty, yeah, 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 yeah. So we didn't get crazy, but I had some no. beers and they f- and some hard ciders, and they fucked up my stomach for a good two days, and I had the worst gas. Like it was so upsetting oh, to no. all of us. <laughs> Me and everybody, Pete. everybody involved was having a hard time. Yeah, Pete was like, I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know when it's like offensive to yourself, that's mm. you're in a bad spot. Yeah. So yep. anyway, that's my fucked up of the week. <laughs> uh, but I'm we're equal, so I can fart. Who that's cares? Right. Feminism. Yeah. Feminism. Um, 2021, soon to be 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Board. I fart too. Get over it. I mean, if you didn't, your it would come out of your mouth. So like, yeah, it's true. it's much better for everybody that it comes out of our butts. That day it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> it didn't matter which end it was coming out of it was bad okay it was bad all around bad bad for everyone oh man uh speaking of bad for everyone i don't know (laughs) uh i was gonna i was gonna say my jack is sick again i call him my victorian child because he's just uh (laughs) you know can't (laughs) i know poor jack poor poor baby and speaking of victorian children or victorian era anything anything. yeah we got a we got a victorian era mess to talk about yeah baby oh my gosh um this is a specific person we're talking about today she's Mm -hmm. a bad bitch um god the baddest and we talked about her a few episodes back on our halloween episode we were talking about you know ghouls and goblins and Mm -hmm. whatnot hottest monster hottest monster mm-hmm. frankenstein came up and we talked about mary shelley the author of frankenstein very briefly mm-hmm. and wanted to do an episode on her and so here we are we're doing yeah. it um Ta-da. also recently this is like what really brought her brought her back into our brains or at least mine um mm-hmm. recently the new york times posted an article um saying hg wells along with two other men invented the genre of science fiction mm-hmm. um that is categorically untrue although hg yeah. wells contributed a lot to the genre yeah really really kind of you know locked it in defined it really well um yeah not saying the contributions of others weren't prolific but no. saying in inventing he, it is something else that is not what happened yeah. uh he <laughs> He was not the one who invented the genre of science fiction writing. Um, yeah. Many other people came before him, including Mary Shelley. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter dragged this article up and down the timeline, just <laughs> dragged it all to hell. And <laughs> let the let the New York Times and the author of this piece know that Mary Shelley and others before her had already defined this genre. And it was popping well before he was on the scene. Um Matter of fact, H.G. Wells was born 50 years after Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. So, mm-hmm. um, and even earlier than that, 
Mm. I found out because of this Twitter thread. A woman named Margaret Cavendish wrote The Blazing World, which Mm. is about fucking aliens and shit that is like off the charts weird and is based in science like of the time and kind of stuff that's science now. Yeah. Uh, it like she was talking about like submarines and wild shit that wasn't invented yet oh my because God. that shit was published in 1666. Oh my so, God. okay. That, that shit was already happening. Well, 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 like centuries ago. Um, <sighs> it's crazy. So um, the article itself is fine, but the headline straight up said that HG Wells invented the genre and that ain't right. Nope. So we're, we're just, are letting everybody know that's not right and Mm -hmm. we want to talk about mary shelley who was one of the forerunners of the genre Mm -hmm. and whose life and work was overlooked and overran by men constantly Uh, and even now still while she's dead still while she's been dead for a very long time and is finally kind of getting a voice by Mm -hmm. literary literary scholars who are re-examining her work and finding a lot of like very interesting value and republishing her works, um, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But um, she was defined by her very haunting and very gnarly masterpiece, Frankenstein. And we're going to, we're going to talk about all of this shit. So just to start off, let's, let's get back. Let's get into it. Let's just do the background on this bitch. She was, Oh my God. She was, you know, a a bad bitch from the start. From the start. I feel like, okay. Also, we should preface, like, her life encompassed so much. We're not even going to get to it all. Her life is fascinating. I really want to read one of the biographies about her. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, doing our research, we don't really get too, you know, deep into everything. But there was some stuff that I saw that I was like, oh, I bet that's really interesting. But we don't want Mm -hmm. to. You know, we're -hmm. we're trying to focus on um, her broad strokes. Broad strokes. This is a comedy podcast. That's right. Um. Yeah, but her life is fascinating. And first of all, she's born Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin, and she's born in England in 1797. And this bad bitch was born to two badass people. Mm-hmm. Like, her her father, William Godwin, he was a political philosopher and an anarchist. And her mother, Mary Wollstonecraft, was a philosopher and a feminist. Like, this is what their quote-unquote jobs were. Mm-hmm. And I fucking got to say, I love that Mary Shelley is basically a junior of her mother. Mm-hmm. Her mom's name was Mary. Her name was Mary. So hence, like, she's like the second, Mary the second. Mm-hmm. And also, her dad had to be pretty cool because she got to keep both names. She Her her middle name is her mom's maiden name. And then her yeah. last name is her dad's last name. Yeah. That is how she's born. Yeah. I love it. I fucking love it. Um. And it's very cool, uh, but also her beginnings were pretty tragic. Her mom died about a month after giving birth to Mary. Um, And then, you know, her father did remarry a few years later when she was around four four years old, I think. Or Mm -hmm. she was pretty young. She was really young, yeah. Yeah. Um, He remarried a neighbor, and they didn't get along, sadly, Mary and her stepmother, whose name was also Mary. Um, a lot of Mary's. Very common name. Very yeah. common name. <laughs> Back in that era. Very common. <laughs> it's very common. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, her, but her upbringing was fine. She, her dad was like super woke, really wanted her to get an education, you know, had to have been a feminist himself. Um, mm-hmm. And she was very well educated for a girl of the time. And most of her education was taught by her dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a very like, he was a learned. political, yeah, he was learned. He was a political yeah. philosopher. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of like, you know, people around him that were very intelligent yes. also. Like he, mm-hmm. they, they, he ran in circles that were like, you know, the erudite, uh, you mm-hmm. know, kind of, uh, genre of echelons. Yeah. 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 Very, very smart people that he yeah. hung out with. Um, so yeah, she got like the, she got the best of the education from, of, you know, there, he probably like ran with scholars. So like she yeah. was just getting this all filtered into her life yes. constantly. And she had like, yeah, he like hired tutors for her and like also taught her. Mm-hmm. And that, which makes me think that they were wealthy. But then I looked into it a little bit more. They were not very wealthy because nah, he, he was a thinker. And at that time they didn't, you know, they were artists essentially. Yeah. So she grows up in this like very interesting household um, mm-hmm. where she just, yeah, she has like a weird relationship with her, her stepmother, um, but gets along with her stepsister. Um, mm-hmm. And her dad is like always on her side. And so mm-hmm. it's just like kind of a, kind of a like modern, more modern way of, living I guess <laughs> I think so yeah especially for the dad to be like an advocate for her education and stuff that was not a thing yeah but somewhere along the line something went wrong um Oof. she scandal. a scandalo mm-hmm. caught caught up with Mary Shelley from pretty young age when she got um got together got entangled with one of her dad's political followers uh oh who is God. a romantic poet named Percy Bish, I want to say, but it's not. <laughs> it's by by she, yeah, by Percy Shelley, Percy Shelley. But I know that's his middle middle name, but yeah, it's Percy Shelley. Yeah, by um, Percy by Shelley. Um, yeah, he was a poet. You know um, what that's like. You know what that is. That's like if you were a poet in that in the early eighteen hundreds. That's like today being fucking Bruno Mars. Like, that's like you're singing yes. and the panties are dropping. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like I mean, you're Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was hot. It was like it was he hot. was like he was a hot guy. He was like writing these like very sensual poems. And <laughs> she was like, OK, she was 16 at the time. Ooh, oh, no. Ooh. And he was married and he was so, married. Oof. It was so, yeah, not a great they, start. They fell in love. Yeah. They got together, fell in love. He's married. She's 16. Um, they have this affair. And mm-hmm. um, he and Mary and her stepsister, Claire, take off to Europe together. Oh, my God. Fucking they know, Euro trip. They, they like, know that they're, like, doing something wrong they're doing some yeah. fuck shit <laughs> but they don't care they're just wilding out they're like let's go on vacay like who cares what anybody thinks let's go 
Oh my god, they're like, <laughs> well, like caravan together. Like you guys ride in that car. I'll ride in this car. Well, there's no cars, but you know, it's like they went through Europe at a very rough time too. Uh, France had just been in a horrible war, and they were like Oof. traipsing through France, and it was like fucking war torn and like villages were burned out and people were just like in the streets like dying and shit and there she like writes about all this she kept many many journals through her mm-hmm. life um but yeah they so published they them mm-hmm, her yeah. a lot of her journals have been published so just a very interesting time for them to just like peace the fuck out because they know they're not doing they eloped basically and it's, they got and they got out of dodge yeah except they weren't te- legally married because mm-hmm. he was still married to his uh, uh, current wife technically but also it's such like a young dumb thing they're like we're like we don't care that france just was like decimated by war we're gonna go fuck there i mean <laughs> like, honestly it's so tacky it's like somebody going to, I don't know, like Afghanistan right now yeah, or something. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty fucked up. Hi, we're on vacation. Where's like the nearest discotheque? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, it's so rough. They were young. So they yeah. were young. Yeah. So they're just like traipsing around Europe. Yeah, like fucking Crossroads and like Britney <laughs> Spears and Crossroads. Zoe Saldana and Taryn manning and they're just like oh like fucking Thelma and Louise until the bad part you know but yeah 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 they're, they're just like having so much fun and then she gets pregnant she gets pregnant they Oof. get dropped on their heads back to reality real quick <laughs> uh when they realize that Mary's pregnant and mm-hmm. they have to go back to back to I guess <clears throat> London um and or England just wherever uh yeah. in England <laughs> yeah and um yeah he's like oh shit uh my wife that I'm still legally married to is also pregnant yeah uh, so and you know I'm still married to her so I don't know I gotta like fix that <laughs> so um yeah it's it's really rough they get back to reality um and mary has their baby two months prematurely the baby dies unfortunately it's very very sad she writes about yeah. it in her journals and it's heart-wrenching um and then percy's wife harriet um commits suicide uh yeah. pretty shortly after they get back and everything's a shit show yeah um they are ostracized from society because they know that Percy did a very dishonorable thing by leaving his wife. Like at the, you just, you just don't do that anytime, anywhere. Like it's, it sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. But then after that, they Mary and Percy were able to legally wed. Um, yeah, and they did that in eighteen sixteen. Yeah, so they got married though to for to help Percy legally assume custody of his two children by Harriet. Um, oh, yeah, his wife that had passed away. Yeah, um his <laughs> Percy's lawyers advised him to improve his case by marrying. Um I think he <laughs> wrote a lot about how he thought marriage was a social monopoly and like a, you know, cuz he was an adherent of 
this kind of anarchist kind of bohemian mm-hmm. way of thinking and so he was like not into it but still like it made sense and legally would legally. have been yeah better for him to get custody of these two two children he had with his uh his estranged wife mm-hmm. um so his lawyers were like yeah get married so you can get the kids um and so he and Mary got married uh, in 1816 like we said mm-hmm. by the time they were getting married <laughs> she was pregnant again after she had had this premature birth um horrible awful oh my god <sighs> so sad um and so they got married December 30th 1860 in London and this is where I'm just gonna go ahead and say Percy's a real piece of shit Liz, mm. if you didn't already catch that yeah vibe picking up the vibes we're putting down yeah um <laughs> he had no money yeah first and foremost not, not that that per- makes you a good person. No, no, but but he's I mean, like out here making all these kids and going on these fucking endless vacations with no money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was really, <laughs> really not in reality with this shit. Um, yeah, he, they were ostracized from society, mm-hmm. um, like we said. And Mary's father, who like this is like a, t- a really rough time, like mm-hmm. for for Mary, she has a piece of shit uh, husband. Uh, no money ostracized by society. Mary's father, who she thought was going to like when they came back from this, like, you know, like hot threesome road trip or whatever, (laughs) thought that her dad was going to be like, okay, totally like support your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, he was like, no, this is bad. You should not have done that. You like fucked a married man and a lot of bad things happen because of that. So no, I kind of like don't want to talk to you. Um, So he turned his back on her and Mary and uh, Percy moved in with Claire, her stepsister who they went Mm -hmm. on the road trip with. Um, So they're all like hanging out, doing their bohemian radical political poet life together uh, (laughs) at Claire's house. And Percy Shelley had all these like cool, like, like novelist poet friends um that would come over and hang out um thomas jefferson hogg who is a writer who famous writer and thomas love peacock another famous writer of the time Mm -hmm. they'd all come over and hang out and um you know just eat their food and drink their wine and uh i think mary didn't exactly love that but you know she didn't get the like the home bliss that she thought she was going to have maybe when she signed up for this relationship with a, a married man, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> she was again, again, she was a child when this yeah. all started. She's and, probably 17 or 18 by this time. And also like, I don't know, still in this time, women didn't. Women just got pregnant. Like, there was no, it was really hard to have sex just for the fun of it and to be mm. young and free. Like, women just, you know, it. Yeah. I don't think people talked about how not to get pregnant. And also, I think it was, like, you know, there was such, like, shame and yes. stuff around having sex out of marriage that, like, you just didn't ask anyone. 
or yeah you just you know. hoped and prayed you didn't get pregnant yeah basically. But she did a lot she sure did um yeah. um yeah so she's again pregnant um oh and also sometimes percy would leave home for you know a few weeks at a time to dodge creditors and fuck other women <laughs> and fuck other women yeah <laughs> So meanwhile, like he's has all he they're living with her stepsister. He her like not quite legal, but legal husband is um, <laughs> like bopping in and out trying to yeah. get away from creditors. He has his buddies come into the house constantly. Meanwhile, she's Mary is pregnant, sick all the time. Her dad's disowned her. And she also had to cope with the fact that um, at the time, Percy, before his wife died, had another kid on the way with his estranged wife. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is like all is very shitty. Oh, and on top of all that, um, Percy was definitely fucking her stepsister, Claire. Yeah. This is a mess, guys. This is a Victorian era fucking mess. It was such a mess. It's very – it reminds me of – the Great, mm-hmm. that show yes. on Hulu, which is so... I just watched the second season, which is so fucking good. Everybody, I'm pacing myself a little. I'm like oh, taking my time. Mm. No, I... Cr- Savoring I it. I couldn't slow down. I just watched it all in like so two days. good. Oh, my God. The second season... Especially because the morning show second season has been such garbage. It, this mm. was like... I, I'm so happy this second season is good. But it's evocative of that because... Of like the oh yeah no I'm cheating on you with everyone like you mm-hmm. just have to like accept it yeah because they, you're a woman and no one cares about you <laughs> also like I mean she was again like I'll keep coming back to this she was extremely young uh, yeah. and she was raised in this environment that was like very like you know open and free uh, mm-hmm. and kind of contrast with the the times in a way that like made everything like I don't know that much more intense and so she was like kind of indoctrinated into this kind of like radical Mm -hmm. like way of thinking I guess but it was just like a bit much for a young person of the a young woman of the time to like cope with and so she was just like going with the flow and open to free love and you know, being with an older married man just, like, was totally fine, I guess, mm-hmm. like, in, in that world that she'd grown up in. So, also, it was just the times. Like, we cannot really compare the fact that, like, this man, basically, what we would now say, he groomed her and she was, like, stuck in this kind of abusive, like, cycle to, like, stay with this man and be in love with this man for her entire right. life so well because <sighs> once you're like impregnated and are married in that era you're already you can't like leave that situation gracefully Mm-mm. no there's allowed. no yeah there's no uh no options basically yeah, there's no options it's sad i mean it, it it he did groom her and she was a child but also it like wasn't that out of the ordinary at that time like she was she would have been married off probably not you know but uh, pretty soon uh, but also the ostrac the ostracize you know the ostrac ostracization that they yeah. faced when they came back still shows that there were very you know 
deeply held values that like despite yeah. this like kind of radical like you know whatever true bohemian lifestyle that you know they cl- proclaimed to be a part of there was still rules that they had to follow and mm-hmm. her father was a prime example of that like right where she was kind of shocked that he did not support yeah. her or embrace her when she came back because you know he still was like no you're ruined Right, right, you're, right. Like you're you, impure now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it was all very contradictory and it was yeah. fucked up. Anyway, so she still made, you know, the best of it. Uh, she finally, like, she got close with, um, Percy's friend, um, Thomas Jefferson Hogg, again, a very famous writer. Um, he, she really didn't like him at first, probably because, you know, he's invading their space and, yeah. and she's just he's like, always at their house eating their yeah. food. Yeah. But no, they ended up actually becoming very good friends, uh, very close. And it seems like there's some, there's some evidence that Percy wanted, uh, Mary to become lovers with mm-hmm. Hog. So he would be feel less guilty about all yeah. his lovers. Yeah. To sure. kind of assuage some of his his uh guilt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um also very reminiscent of the great. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> yeah. and so yeah, it was very weird. Um Mary was not into that though. Um she did believe in free love, apparently. Again, the environment she was brought up in. Uh but she was in love with Percy Shelley mm. and did not want to go fuck other men, yeah. even though Percy definitely fucked other women. So, yeah, she this man had her all fucked up. Um, and so, yeah, she unfortunately became pregnant by this man three more times after her initial uh, first pregnancy that ended in a premature birth that mm-hmm. was tragically very sad um that her her first baby died um and only one of her children with this man lived into adulthood mm-hmm. fucking yeah this this time so her, hard for yeah. kids her life in that way was very tragic yeah um but even though despite all of this hardship despite all the tragedy despite all the like just fucking tough circumstances that she was in she was extremely talented Mm -hmm. and had a fantastic mind and she it's evidenced by all the journals she kept and she actually had a very amazing writing career Mm -hmm. um and that's started kind of in may of 1816 when mary percy and their four-month old son traveled to Geneva with Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire Claremont. Her yeah. last name was Claremont. Her name was Claire Claremont. Claire Claremont, her stepsister. Uh, they <laughs> they traveled to Geneva because they planned to spend the summer with the poet Lord Byron mm-hmm. who had had an affair with Claire and she was pregnant with his baby. So y'all, everyone, <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. They don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, my God. But Lord Byron, obviously, very famous poet. 
Very, very famous. Um, and they're fucking hobnobbing with this dude. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're all running in these circles. Like, you, yeah. sorry, I got to move my chair. I was, like, very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of these people are just, like, running in the same circles. And so, yeah, Claire gets pregnant with Lord Byron's baby. They go on this, like, basically, like, writer's retreat altogether. Um, I think it was an orgy. Oh, Probably, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're all fucking each other, maybe, potentially, anyway. Yeah. And if the girls aren't switching partners, the men certainly are. Yeah. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was like, it was them, Lord Byron, uh, Lord Byron's physician, I guess, John William Polidori. (laughs) Um, And they just like wrote all day, talked about like, philosophy mm-hmm. and stayed up telling stories to each other oh uh and so well, they t- total nerds just i mean what else is there to do they don't <laughs> no, have, I like, know yeah 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 they don't have a scrabble or, or jenga or, yeah or jenga to play or monopoly <laughs> yeah so <laughs> but cards existed right yeah playing cards yeah definitely but still you know i don't know they're writers yeah, that playing cards, so, you Not can only creative. do that so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're these are creative people, so they like they stay up late telling stories, and they kind of have like this little contest where they're like, "All right, we're gonna do short stories, and they're ghost stories. So everybody has to write a story, and whoever like has the best one wins. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what they win, but like." fucking the accolade of the best story and then everyone's yeah. like oh that's and they're the like, best prize yeah and it's like well you're competing against lord byron oh my god yeah. it'd be well, so intimidating yeah he doesn't write scary stories so yeah the and they were all like they all went into their own little corners of the cabin or whatever and they're mm-hmm. all like <laughs> yeah and trying to out scare each other <laughs> and throughout the like the couple days like Everybody kind of writes their little stories and everybody's like, okay, Mary, it's your turn. She's like, I don't have anything yet. I don't have anything yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But then one night she like, they were up late talking about like life stuff. Like, yeah. And she was talking about, I think she probably had this breakthrough by talking about her, her um, first pregnancy, her first, her first baby and how. Um, she probably didn't get into all of it, but in her journal, she talks about how she, and this is like so sad, it's like oh. total trigger warning, like how she just woke up to find that the baby had died oh. in the night and how she was like wishing, you know, because it was, the baby was born two months early and yeah. back then that's just like, there's no way, there's just no yeah. way. Um, the science was not... <laughs> ready for that um but she was always talking about how she wished there was just some way she could bring the baby back from from the dead basically oh my God. and I think this like idea kind of started to form a little a seed of an idea in her over you know the months and then like at this retreat that like talking about like the life and you know everything that had happened to her it kind of like like sparked something in her and she like woke up at like 2 a.m. or she couldn't go to sleep but she wrote the story at like 2 a.m. in this like you know fucking I don't know castle or wherever they were staying or cabin (laughs) I don't know no I don't yeah yeah I don't know farmhouse Um, farmhouse no I was probably 
it was probably nice. It was in Geneva. It was probably mm-hmm. like a, you know, chateau yeah. of some a sort. Chateau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so she has this divine inspiration and she writes the like the short story that is the precursor to Frankenstein basically that night. Yeah. It's like the bones. Uh, like like she was like, quote unquote, possessed with like the story. She just had to get it out. Mm-hmm. She just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote until she had what was the bones of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very cool. These pages, they still exist. Like there are pa- there are pages in her writing from that night that are like <clears throat> musings of this <clears throat> novel, which is yeah. totally incredible. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so with the they support. Yeah. They were like, holy shit. This is. Yeah good Insane. i wish i wrote this yeah everybody was like she tells she like tells her story and it's like so like it's so original and so gruesome and so like obviously like an allegory for something else you know yeah. that they're like this is fucking good write this book so lord byron's like oh my i only wrote there once was a guy from nantucket yeah <laughs> dang this He's is like, really good. Oh, I just wrote this. I just wrote this story about a, a guy who lived in a toilet who'd scratch your butt at night when you go to the bathroom. Oh man! I just wrote this story about how this girl had a zit on her face, and when it popped, it was spiders. Yeah. <laughs> so oh my god! Yeah the the um the story I was talking about is actually an original by my dad. Um, is it? Uh, called the butt scratcher yeah that was the he'd tell it around the campfire every night when we would would go camping i feel like we've talked about that oh Oh my god i'm glad i never heard that story because camping is already scary and using (laughs) porta potties are already scary and then if i heard someone was gonna scratch my butt oh Mm. anytime you go to an outhouse oh no 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 the story is like it was a guy who lived with a a horrible lady who he chopped up into pieces and threw her in the outhouse and oh my god yeah my dad told us this he made this story up like he like fucking mary shelley this story out one night and he just like told us this when we were like seven years old or something just Don't totally traumatized to jack he will oh no jack's <laughs> not know. ready for it he's such no a not angel. yet no not yet no, no yeah no. not yet anyway so <laughs> jesus so yeah with the support of of percy um Percy Shelley, Mary, published this novel, mm-hmm. Frankenstein, um, or at the time it was uh, also called The Modern Pr- Prometheus, mm-hmm. is how it was first published. Um, yeah. And she published it anonymously in 1818. So, which, do you think that was because she was a woman? I th- Yes. The, oh, I mean, okay. if have you ever read Frankenstein? No. It's um, it's gruesome. It's intense. Oh, okay. It's very morbid and horrifying. And I think if somebody, if people would have known that a woman had wrote this, first of all, it was just like not, women didn't write. I mean, women wrote, but like, it was not anything like this, you know? Yeah. It was, it was poetry or romance or whatever, so, so, yeah. soft 
gentle things and um oh okay Wuthering were, Heights or whatever yeah I mean women wrote like gnarly stuff of course but like yeah. this was like this was gnarly this was metal this was like metal yeah you know this was this was Fucking something that the people hadn't seen before this was original and this was intense and like mm-hmm. she didn't want to fuck up her reputation more than it already was fucked up oh, so poor thing yeah. yeah so she was a little traumatized and she was scared you know this was like mm-hmm. this was a work that came from her that was very very intense and she didn't really know how people were going to receive it and her so yeah. I think it was she didn't really have any other choice but to do it anonymously at first so yeah I don't know uh well I think we're gonna talk about this a little bit later too I think but this is where some of the criticisms of her um, maybe not writing it all on her own started because mm. it was anonymous initially and Percy had really strongly encouraged this, like been very vocal in his support ab- about getting this book published. And he also wrote the preface for it, like mm-hmm. in the book, he wrote the preface. Um, and so critics and historians have talked about and argued that he co-wrote this book. Um, but, and we'll get into this a little more later, but at, in the Halloween episode, we also talked about how this was pretty much, uh, this is bullshit. And it's very easy to debunk this. And this is just an example of people looking to like discredit women, essentially, yeah. and their contributions. So it's pretty fucked up. Um, and also... We should point out, like, this was not her only work. Frankenstein is her most famous piece of literature because mm-hmm. of what it did for literature in general. Mm-hmm. But she was writing fucking novels, short stories, travelogues, biographies, journals. And she was editing all these famous people's work as well, which should yeah. tell you she was not a one hit wonder. No. And in fact, in 1826, pretty quickly after she published Frankenstein, she uh, published another sci-fi novel called the last man and it's a dystopian novel about guess what trigger warning a global pandemic Mm. that extinguishes the almost extinguishes the human race and so and and people even argue that's even more of a blueprint for science fiction and you know like she's creating all this stuff and people still to this day will argue that she didn't write it didn't write it yeah it's so fucked up well and also fucked up I think a lot of it too. We'll get to the reasons why. We'll 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 talk yeah. about that all later. Um, yeah. But yeah. So since nobody knew that she'd authored Frankenstein during the first printing, she didn't get credit for it until it was printed in French in 1921. Oh and my the, god. And then uh, a second oh. printing. Wait. 18, no, 1821. 1821. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, not yeah. 19. Eight. She. She didn't get credit until it was printed in French in 1821 and then again in, during a second printing in 1822. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, because it was originally printed in 1818, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. she. So, it was printed in 1818. It made the rounds. No one knew it was hers. And then she starts getting credit for it. And people are like, oh, interesting. And mm-hmm. that second printing her father was strongly behind her doing a second reissue printing so that she would get money for it. 
Yeah, I, she needed money. <laughs> yeah, she needed money. Her and her husband needed money. And so he, he was like, hey, you need to put your name on this thing. You made it. Like, get over yeah. it. Take credit um, for your work. <laughs> yeah. And she was regarded as a serious writer, but she certainly wasn't paid for it, you know. And and that's a, that's a thing of the time as well. Like, it just wasn't, you know, it was an art. And you were kind of freelancing all over the place. Um, and so... Yeah, she was really, she was a serious writer, but she didn't have much in the way of money to show for it. Yeah. So. Um. Oh, and going back to her dad really quick. Um, yeah. He he came back around to 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 uh, accepting being, her, and, accepting her, and, her yeah. and her marriage to Mer- to Percy only after they got legally wed. Like right. Yeah. After she was legitimized. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So. Rude. That's fucking rude. Um, anyway, so there's a ton more we could say about that, which we will mm-hmm. in a, shortly, but, uh, I just want to talk real quick about, there's this rumor that I'd read about her a long time ago and I didn't know if it was true or if it was just like something that somebody would made up to be like, to add lore to somebody who was, who had written something very spooky. Oh, um, and this is real. Um, so this is probably the most Victorian, romantically gothic, morbid thing I have ever heard of. Um, like, honestly, Ed- Edgar Allan Poe could never. Um, <laughs> he wishes. So this is a story about Percy's heart. Mm. Um, so Percy tragically drowned on July 8th, 1822, when he was caught in a storm on his boat. And he was only 29 years old. Oh, that and makes sense why the dad supported the second press of the book with her name on it. She needed money because her husband died. Ah, there we okay. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Percy had gone out on a, a, a sailing sailboat and got caught in a storm, drowned. Um And his body and those of his two sailing companions were found 10 days later, identifiable only by their clothing. Uh, Shelley had a book of John Keats poems in his pocket, Mm -hmm. and that's how he was identified. Uh, That detail makes it sad, but not that sad because karma's a bitch because likely he was off fucking other women. He for sure was. Um. (laughs) <laughs> when he was cre- cremated, his heart did not burn. Um, this is extremely creepy, but modern day physicians believe it might have been because it calcified um, due to an earlier bout with tuberculosis. Whoa. Which is crazy. Like, I didn't know that was a thing or could happen. Um, like it hardened? Yeah. Like, I guess it like the... That the blood vessels around are like the, it's like a muscle, so the muscle itself had kind of calcified <gasps> and like like a protective shell basically around the heart had Holy, formed. Oh my, how did he like live still? I don't know, it's crazy. So, oh my when, god, when they burned the body on the funeral pyre, the heart just like <gasps> stayed intact, and so Percy's friend Lee Hunt grabbed that creepy ass heart out of the funeral pyre and he held on to it until he was able to give it over to Mary. Oh um, my God. And apparently Mary kept the heart in a silken shroud 
like a little crown royal bag or something. <laughs> Uh, one of those <laughs> Danish cookie tins. Yeah. <laughs> you think there's a sewing kit in there? Uh-uh. It's a heart. It's, it's a, a calcified heart. heart. Oh um, and she's apparently she carried she said to have carried it with her nearly everywhere for years. Oh my um, god. In that's eight- so cool. That's f- talk, dude. This she's fucking metal as metal oh mary metal shelly she rules uh i mean it's creepy and gross i hate it but also it um eh, i don't know why am i thinking uh, yeah i wish my dad's heart was calcified so it would have survived that would have been cool i know it's i would have put it in like a little shadow box or something i know right like (laughs) i don't know it's like yeah it's very wow it's a a lot of all the fucking of all of the organs, like it wasn't his spleen, well, it wasn't his. Kidney. I don't want those ones. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. It was his heart. It wasn't his anus. It's like anus. <laughs> all of him burned, ma'am, except his anus. <laughs> Would you like it? Oh my god, <laughs> Miss Shelley. We're sorry to say, <laughs> his foreskin did not burn. It had been patinaed. <laughs> Uh, his left this... scrotum is still intact. His, his scrotal skin was so syphilis it hardened. You know that's actually what the um the little bag is that she carried around the heart. It was a, it was a sack. Oh god. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> Did she have to have a like a fucking cobbler stretch it out to hold the heart? Yeah, or maybe like, he had large balls. She like Ed Gein that shit. I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she carried around this this uh, calcified heart. Um, and in 1852, a year after she died, Percy's heart was found in her desk, and it oh my was god. wrapped in the pages of one of his last poems, Adonis. Um, Ooh. so it's like it's kind of a heartbreaking detail that it was like she had it and she had wrapped it in one of his poems like oh it's so yeah poetic. um and eventually the heart was buried in the family vault uh with their son percy florence shelley when he died in 1889 um man i don't know listen if i die before dj and he doesn't carry around my fucking heart with him i'll haunt his ass <laughs> Assuming it's calcified. Yeah, I don't know. Or you like, probably have that done these days. Yeah, like just like a quick little procedure. Yeah, <laughs> just like calcify the heart real quick. Thank yeah. you. Um, I want to do like a full Egyptian burial and just like have my heart in a noose in a in a, <laughs> a beautiful vase preserved. Um, and instead of calling it Satan's kiss, it'll be Aaron's kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With like your wedding date or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just get it engraved. <laughs> get it like dipped in gold or something. Just do that now while you're alive. I. Yeah. What are you waiting for? You can you're... make your asshole into chocolate. That's true. I've seen that. Yeah. Might as well just gold dip it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these feel poetic, like a lot of the details of this, but it's like, well, they were poets and like writers and like 
But of all the that's people a, that the, that like a calcified heart could oh, have happened to, you know, it's like. But not that part of it, but like that she carried it around and like his poem was wrapped around it. Like they were that type of people, you know. Always like doing the most. Yeah, doing the most. They're like, Messy as hell, doing the most. They're writing very... the script for all this shit. They're yeah. just like, what would be the most dramatic, heart-wrenching, like whatever, heart-hardening. Yeah. Heart-hardening, yeah. <laughs> well, there yeah. it is. Oh, my God. I I mean. He did not so deserve cool. her, first of all. He didn't. He didn't, yeah. She, well, she never remarried. Like she was, she loved him, man. She loved she really him. She loved tried him. to date because she was like, "I think I need a husband because the society is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm not a whole person, and also I need money." Mm-hmm. Um, but she survived on like I think her her father in law like gave her an allowance. Um, and so and you know she made money by editing things and writing still, but it it wasn't a ton of money. But uh, yeah, I think um actually when while. Uh, Percy was alive one of his like uncles or something died and he was like he got money from him so they were like he she Funny. had she had enough to like keep her but still yeah it was it's all yeah it's all tough it's tough yeah yeah um and I mean again there's all these details we're not going to get to but skipping ahead just Talking about her legacy, because that's why we're here today. Mm -hmm. Um, People discrediting her and her contributions. But so she passed away in 1851 and her she had one son that survived. um, And he I think he was like, I forget his name. Was it Percy? It was Percy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Percy Florence Uh, Shelley. Percy Florence Shelley. Yeah. Um, So he and his wife tried to downplay in the wake of his mother's death like how radical mary shelley was Mm -hmm. and how much of an impact she had or or maybe she didn't have an impact at the time necessarily but how much of her work was like politically driven Mm -hmm. um and they were trying to do this to like quote unquote victorianize her memory which i've never heard this phrase but it makes sense yeah i think it's like to make her more of like a proper lady lady yeah 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 Yeah. while Um, she was living in uh, some crazy crazy shit yeah i don't know yeah free love like they were they were like no no that was that didn't happen Mm -mm, and mm -mm. we don't know anything about that and they like really downplayed it and so did like all of her friends um everybody in the victorian era was a freak though let's be honest like don't even try Repressed. Don't even try. Yeah. They were just normal, probably. Yeah. But it felt freaky back then. Yeah. Um, but like even her journals, you know, they would they were publishing like pieces from her, but they would censor it and try and spin all these biographical documents. And they were like, No, she was not that reformist. Like she was pretty conservative, all this stuff, and and it that was not what her work was about. Um mm-hmm. and that's kind of a big reason that she wasn't looked at as prolific to literature yeah. as she ultimately was. Because they buried a lot of her work. And they buried a lot of her work. Mm-hmm. Didn't and let... And they whitewashed it, essentially. Mm-hmm. They really, like, purified it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and like like you're saying, a lot of what she was writing within the sci-fi genre mm-hmm. like 
that's what sci-fi is. It's all it's it's often allegorical for whatever you know fucked up thing the author wants to highlight or whatever political like you know whatever political leanings they may have it's mm-hmm. all it's sci-fi the genre itself is always allegorical almost Cause always it's because it's generally like future leaning and it's like what like if you wanted to see this idea played out what would that look like Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. and that's what her writing is that's Mm -hmm. all a lot of what she explored in frankenstein and the last man and because uh they were kind of like censoring her posthumously her body of work was pretty much out of print like frankenstein obviously survived Mm -hmm. um but like they stopped printing her other books they didn't print any of her journals or like she just kind of like I I don't know they erased they just, her they erased her they ba- mm-hmm. they kind of buried her work and didn't look at the whole body of her work as a whole well and also like the other writers that she knew and were peers with like they respected and knew her and mm-hmm. but like as they also started dying and getting older and you know fading away from the you know influential circles like yeah all all of her stuff faded away too there was nobody there to like you know and also like there were other people who wanted her erased too she still had people around in her life that like didn't love the fact that she had this like like her yeah it was just she had this like whole life that was like very radical like you're saying like yeah it was they really people really did try to bury her and her own son yeah well and you know i'm sure his intentions were like he wanted his mother to be you know uh, known as a lady and known well you know, it was for his the, own reputation and his as his, well yeah. as well so yeah, yeah 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 it's not totally right it's not totally pure but you know it, it's it's they're all people of their time but it's mm-hmm. just really unfortunate because Again, like a lot of her work went out of print. People did not um, care or know about it until roughly she died in 1851. 1980 is when some of her works came back. And the only reason is because women, a few women came out and were like writing and publishing you know, writing about her and publishing her work. So in 1980, the first volume of Mary Shelley's Complete Letters was published by Betty T. Bennett. And then it wasn't until 1989 when the first biography of Mary Shelley was published, written by Emily Sunstein. Mm. Can you imagine a life this wild, a life this interesting? No one gives a shit. And she wrote one of the most incredible stories of our time that like has bird genres upon genres and until 1989 and the story of frankenstein has been told in so many different ways like oh my god like it's it it was movies it was made into films before a biography was done about her and she fucking wrote that shit yeah exactly it's like it's one of the most like iconic stories not of our time, but like of any time, you know? Of any time. It is so iconic. We still use the word Frankenstein as like, it, it's part of our, still means- like in our lexicon, like, and yeah. we use it as a verb. We, we, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's totally. Oh 
<laughs> you fucking you fucking something goes wrong with a recipe or you drop something you're like i gotta frankenstein this thing together mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly it's so um, upsetting it, and, and yeah and another thing that's so going back to like when she was still alive uh kind of sort of uh Another thing that's finally getting cleared up after mm-hmm. many decades of misogynistic assertions that Mel- Mary Shelley couldn't possibly have written a big book all by herself because she's a woman, mm-hmm. um, let alone many books. Um, her husband must have basically written them like that was the assertion for a very long time, um, even while is. she was while she was alive and still is. Was, um, yeah. Certain critics and historians still argue this today. Yeah. But it's finally getting cleared up cleared up after all these decades and century later centuries later uh that she did indeed write the shit out of these books um mm. uh there this there's a, a literary literary scholar and poet fiona sampson mm-hmm. um she wrote uh, about the 200th anniversary of frankenstein and she asked why hasn't quote why hasn't mary shelley gotten the respect she deserves Mm. Um, and she noted that in recent years, Percy's corrections visible in the Frankenstein notebooks held at the Bodleian, Bodleian Library in Oxford have been seized on as evidence that she must have at least co that he must have at least co-authored the novel. In fact, when I examined the notebooks myself, I realized that per- Percy did rather less than any line editor working in publishing today. All he did was help he was an editor and he helped yeah and he like gave like suggestions like you would if you write a book now a days or anytime anybody who writes a book lets their spouse or their partner or their best friend or they let many 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 people read the copies before they publish the book so that they can get like like vibe thoughts and feelings that's, like i mean they're two separate jobs they're two completely separate jobs one's mm-hmm. a writer one's an editor we've never they've never been the same thing ever no and you know he might have had some input to help like clarify sure. some of her her like her lines of thought or her you know bringing tying things back to a yeah. theme or whatever but who that's, gives a shit he didn't yeah. write it that's insane that's yeah. so this is I, I don't think I like named her or this specific thing, but this is like loosely what I referenced in the Halloween episode where mm-hmm. it was like people have been coming after her because they look at her body of work and they're like, well, his he has like some scribbles in the fucking margins. And it's yeah. like and that's supposed to be and? the evidence that he wrote the whole book. No, that's it's so dumb, but and it is misogyny. And also it's just like it's it's one one work where like there's you know he he wrote like the preface for and like a couple like notes in the margins whatever. Yeah. And that has like taken down her entire legacy her Her, entire body of work. She is pro she was a prolific writer. She wrote so much Mm -hmm. and we just we only know Frankenstein. Um, So Uh. uh, so this uh, Fiona Sampson uh she published her findings in a in a book that she wrote called In Search yeah. of Mary Shelley in 2018. And the, this is one of the many biographies written about Mary Shelley. So definitely well, check I that ho- out. 
I hope Fiona Sampson's husband didn't edit her book because <laughs> then people are going to think she didn't write it. Yeah, my God. Oh, so Lord. fucking dumb. Okay, well, final thoughts. I it's I love this woman so much. She's so mm. metal. I'm so glad you said that because it is exactly just what I want to like think of her as. She was so cool. We didn't even get to so much stuff. Like, she was blackmailed at a certain point. She, you know, we said one of her kids survived. She she lost three children that she birthed. Horrible. And she had miscarriages. Like, it, this woman, and at the same time was writing and, and creating a genre that people, I mean, we wouldn't have anything without Mary Shelley. I don't, yeah, like. I don't understand. Like I was reading, um, there was a, the Guardian published this article about how women who are creators have always had to figure out a way to carve out time for themselves to create the things that they create, yeah, whereas men, emotional labor, whereas men, yeah, where yeah, men they have always had this time and space to do that, yeah, and she like. I mean, there was like many, many examples, like, you know, just where women would be nursing their baby and like writing notes, like, like shit like, like that. Like you do. Like I do. Yeah. But, you know, but men, they like, they would, uh, like, there was like so many examples of men, like having their wives who would just like have everything perfectly fine tuned to their like comings and goings so that they never had to fucking think about anything but their creative process and anything but their writing anything but their philosophy whatever Mm -hmm. um so it's just yet women have persevered despite the fact that they have no time or space nor a body of their own to like (laughs) to do the things that they creatively need to do not only are they creating works of art works of literature works of whatever they're creating actual human life. And that is where Mary Shelley, she fucking, that is where Frankenstein comes from. The fact mm. that she created life and that life was taken from her. Yeah. And and that idea of bringing back that life. Like, oh my God. you cannot possibly, nobody, nobody could possibly fathom that except for the person that went through went that. Through and that was yeah. her. Yeah. That was fucking her. And, and there's nothing like more, I think, visceral and like horrifying than childbirth Ugh. and the death of that child. Like fucking hell. <laughs> so, <gasps> my God. Anyway. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. There's just so much. She d- She's done so much for storytelling. I read a stat about like maybe like two third. I don't remember the number, but it was like a majority of people f- – discover the story of Frankenstein or the idea of Frankenstein not even through her novel anymore Mm. but through works of film and in you know even even if it's not you know like one of the more well-known young Frankenstein or whatever you know it's great movie (laughs) if it's not one of those you know it's like a a character in a Disney film or what you know whatever Mm -hmm. I don't know but that's Frankenweenie. Way in. Yeah, Frankenweenie. <laughs> but without her, we wouldn't have any of that. And that's what an impact that her work made. And mm-hmm. I really want to read The Last Man. 
Mm. It sounds really good. And it's, you know, people argue that it's even more of a of a blueprint for sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wouldn't have, we literally wouldn't have any of those works. And people like fucking H.G. Wells stand on the shoulders of people like Mary Shelley mm-hmm. and need to be credited. That's right. As such. And that's, <sighs> the point. that's the whole point. Ugh. Bless. <laughs> That's all we wanted to talk about, really, is just that yeah. this woman needs her due. And I mm-hmm. hope that you read more about her. Um, yeah. I want to read I want to read one of I want to read the biography that uh, the Fiona Sampson wrote um, yeah. in search of Mary Shelley. And um, yeah, if you want to read like any more about her, uh, there's a really good New Yorker article by Jill Lepore. Uh, called The Strange and Twisted Life of Frankenstein, and it talks a lot about Mary Shelley's life. It's very interesting, good uh, long-form article. It's Ooh. a New Yorker article, so, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I just stay away from the New York Times with this shit, man. <laughs> oh, no. Was it? An, I don't even know if it was an opinion piece or something. But No, it was like, it was a fine article. It just, it, it was, it just... Made some mistakes. Made, it led with a false assumption that, mm. you know, just mm-hmm. totally excluding a lot of a lot of people that had come before H.G. Wells. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, we we wanted to cover Mary Shelley anyway, but this gave us the perfect excuse to come in hot. Real hot. Real, Real hot. hot with strong opinions. <laughs> we just wanted to come after her husband at first, but then we came after everyone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's advisable, but <laughs> it is what it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Um, Follow us on social media. Yeah. Go to DTFU podcast uh, everywhere. Yeah. It's at DTFU podcast everywhere. Uh, DTFU podcast.com is our website. Mm-hmm. Check that out. Send us a note. Um, oh fun a topic a topic suggestion let us mm-hmm. know if you like this write a review um yeah. watch our yeah. youtube channel oh go our, to, watch our faces yeah go to our patreon it's patreon.com slash dtfu podcast we yeah. have so much more content on there oh three God. different uh patron levels to choose from ah it's great it's great check it out all right. All right. That's all I got. Um, listen here. Mm-hmm. Be excellent to yourselves. And each other. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.